This Week in Crossed-Up Podcast. Alex Marquez is killing it in MotoGP. We tell some spooky motorcycle stories, and Long Way Up could use a little juice. This is Crossed-Up Podcast. All right, so let's get started. Let's get started. Uh, first things first, MotoGP. We're going to keep it short, but we had a pretty interesting race uh, last oh, week man. and this week. Such an interesting race. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you want to get into what happened last week? I don't remember what happened last week. Oh, shit. I've got the memory of a goldfish. Me too. <laughs> it doesn't um, matter. Last week what? was last week, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's, just, let's just talk about this week. Uh, Alex, Alex Marquez did very well last week. Yep, yep. Alex right. Marquez came yeah. out of nowhere and yeah, was, came what, out of second? nowhere. Uh, he came in second. Yeah, he did very, very well. Yep. Uh, it was another one of those kind of, you know, is he going to pull off his helmet? And it's Mark Marquez. Like he, <laughs> yeah. he did really like he channeled his brother. He did a very good job. Yeah. Um, fantastic. This weekend. Uh, I mean, it happened last weekend too, uh, where someone crashed out. In like the first or second turn of the yeah, race, yeah. Again, because right off the start they go into a sharp left hand and then into a sharp right hand. Yeah. And um, this week, immediately, um, Miller and uh, Binder. Binder. Yeah. Binder. Binder just rams right into yeah. the back of Miller and just slams him off the track, and he's like, "Oh, all right." There's yeah. Miller out again, <laughs> once again, not his fault. And there's a there's a picture of I believe it's Miller is walking away, and Binder just kind of like comes up and pats him on the back. They're <laughs> <laughs> just like Miller cannot get a break. Yeah, he either finishes. He does very well when he finishes most times. Yeah, or he gets he crashes out. Whether it's someone hitting him or he crashes out himself. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, yeah. so it seems like this season what I've noticed is a lot of people choosing a harder tire, um, either a harder tire or a softer tire than they should, mm-hmm. when really they should have gone for something not quite like that. And really, it was this week it was only Alex Marquez who did yeah, kind of... Yeah. Well, um, before we talk about Alex, immediately after Jack Miller and Bender had their crash, yeah, um, turn, that was on turn two on... It was like first lap as well. I think. yeah, the, the first lap, um, like the the second Taka, turn, yeah. Takanakagami. Yeah, it was the third the, turn or something. Yeah, the it was fav- immediately the following because he was on pole the first time, a, the first Japanese pole since like 1996 or something yeah. like that, and he crashes out, and everyone's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, the third race, um, the third race was. I, I'm sorry, the third turn took him out, and yeah. uh, he got just thrown on the ground. I don't Yeah. Know. Yeah, so they it took them a little bit to get to the the replay um, cuz at first it looked like maybe he just low sided, you know, maybe he yeah. just didn't have heat in the tires and it just, you know, he just lost traction and just slid. But watching the replay, it was harsh yeah. cuz it it definitely his tires either locked up or something cuz um, he was coming up to the the turn, he started braking tilted it over and it just slammed him on the yeah, ground it, something happened it just kind of like the bike it was already at full lean and then very quickly it just kind of went the rest of the way and slammed him onto the ground and it looked pretty violent i hope he's hope he's okay um yeah so yeah that was 
crazy. And then, like you were saying, Alex Marquez. Yeah. The only rider to go with a hard soft or hard front tire. Yeah. Right. Everyone else was on a medium or a soft front and medium or soft rears, and he went for a hard. And the the problem with the hard front tires and always has been is that they give you very very little feedback as to how much grip you have where you are on the tire from what i've heard it's just you don't really know where the tire is until it's gone yeah and yeah that just kind of seems like that's what happened is you know he just went and the front just slid out and he went yeah also it's just it's very hard to get heat and keep heat in those harder tires yeah exactly so um yeah it, it he just kind of it just like the front tire vanished from underneath him yeah and, exactly yeah um it just kind of poof and yeah. it went off the track but yeah i mean that's the thing is you know like we were talking about is there you have to play the game the way that the game wants to be played sometimes you know yeah. so if you choose a hard tire you have to play the tire game. You can't play the aggressive, you know, pat, like constantly trying to pass, constantly, you know, trying to get ahead if you're playing the tire game. But if you're playing the, um, the soft tire game, then you have to make sure that you get, get yourself enough ahead yeah. that it makes it worth it. Because otherwise, if you kill your tires too early, you're not going to make it to the end and you're just going to start dropping seconds each lap. Well, I think I think one of the issues was, I mean, this is kind of something that we see in these double header races, which is something that doesn't happen in MotoGP yeah. ever. Is racing the same circuit twice. Alex last in the last race, Alex, you know, finished the race. He did very well. He came in second, and I'm sure he took that experience and said, you know, probably after the race or something like that, he looked at his tire and said. I think I made the wrong decision on the tire. I, maybe he felt he should have gone for the hard in that first race. Yeah. And that was the thing that made him not come in first. You know, I'm just speculating. But yeah. there must be some reason why he didn't go for that hard, for the medium tire again. Yeah. And, um, I mean, obviously it was the wrong choice. Yeah. But that's a choice that people are more likely to make that conservative choice in the first race. Yeah. And then, and then push more, yeah, harder. Yeah, a more aggressive choice in the, in second. the second race. Because yeah. they didn't, if they finished the race, they didn't crash out. And you've got that kind of nugget in the back of your head, potentially. Yeah, that it says, I can go harder. I could have I gone harder. Yeah. There are definitely some times I could have gone harder. And that, that has to play a, a little bit of a psychological role yeah, in the race. Which I think is... One of the interesting things about this series is because they're racing a bunch of the circuits twice yeah. in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else we need to talk about with MotoGP, or do you think we're done? No, I, I think we're good. Wow. Our MotoGP segments have been, like, exactly seven seconds for a little while now. Or for, I'm sorry, seven, seven minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Interesting. Just, that's how long uh, it takes to distill a MotoGP race, I guess. Yeah. All right, so let's so, move on. It's the Halloween special. It is spooky season coming up. Ooh, spooky season. And you guys have been paying attention to our upload schedule. Yeah. So you know that this episode comes out on a very special time. Yeah, a few days before KTM night. I mean, Halloween. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So it should be, uh, I, I think we wanted to make this a nice, special, spooky episode. Very spooky. Very. So we found some uh, 100%, 100% true. true spooky motorcycle stories. Yeah. There's, so, there's no falsifications in these stories. They're all 100% undeniable fact. So let's get started. Yeah. Why don't you go first, Brian? I know you have a few there. All right. You wake up at night and you hear a bump. You grab a flashlight to go and see what it is. As you creep downstairs quietly, you hear a shuffling light breathing. A pan crashes to the floor. As you peek your head around the corner, your eyes lock on something in the kitchen. It's a dark and shadowy figure. You flick on the lights, trying to scare it and see what it is. To your horror, there in your kitchen, rustling through your food in your refrigerator, is a 2008 Versys 650. Oh, disgusting. The screams echo through the woods. You try to slow down to catch your breath, but you hear it approaching very, very quickly. Its shrill whine pierces easily through all the brush, and you sprint again. You know there is no escape, but you have to try. It's too fast. You hear the whoosh as it slows down to take a look around the trees, its sharp fingers scraping. It screams again as it senses you and quickly accelerates, inhumanly quick. Before you know it, the H2R is right on top of you. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut all this. <laughs> I don't know what made me laugh so hard. <laughs> Alright, you wanna redo the second one? Or I, keep I, that in? I think we'll have to see later if the. If, we'll have to see. <laughs> Alright, so now you've got your third story. You're walking past a park. It's late, and you know you should have left that party earlier. You walk briskly brushing off the cold chill you feel down your spine. Faster and faster you step. You don't want to be caught out here in the middle of the night. The fence on your left, your neighbors down the street, the stray cat wanders the roads. The light posts flicker, casting shadows that dance up and down the sidewalk. You speed up past the creepy old house, but a rattling noise inside causes you to pause for a second. You look up, but there aren't any lights on inside. Yet you're eerily tempted to walk up the path and you open the door. The floorboards creak beneath you. Something beckons you. Is it the spirit of the old German man who used to live here? You step forward and the rattling noise increases in intensity. Suddenly a BMW GS roars around the corner. Its spokes rattling as they launch from the wheel out towards you. You can't laugh at everyone. <laughs> Sorry. That was a very funny flaw in the most recent GS. All these people had to get their spokes replaced. It was it was funny. We knew like two people who had to get their tires replaced. Their whole their whole front rims needed to be fixed. It's 3 a.m. and your two-year-old has woken you up. You walk over to the crib and gently pick her up. Placing her on your shoulder, you go to warm up some milk. 
on your way, her cries gradually increase in volume. In an attempt to placate her, you bounce her up and down gently. This only makes her cry louder. You try to bounce a little faster, then faster yet. As you speed up, she quiets down. But after only a second, you realize you've passed 7,000 bounces per minute, and suddenly your child leaps out of your arms, the demon inside released, and you realize you shouldn't have named your child Vanessa Fairchild Reagan VFR. All right, for our next 100% true story. The lumberjack business has always treated you well. You get decent pay for a decent day's work. You get to go home at night to your family and eat dinner with them and wake up early the next day to get back to it. Your tools serve you well and you have many years of experience. However, you've noticed that lately some of your chainsaws need maintenance more than usual. Generally it seems like the chain just disappears. It must just be a practical joke one of the guys is playing on you. But after no one fesses up to it, you let it go. Yet, your chains still keep disappearing. It's not anything crazy, but just often enough that you notice it. You decide to go on a search, as they can't have just disappeared. They must be somewhere. You search everywhere. Coworkers' bags, old sites, even the break areas. Ready to give up, you decide to look in one last place. You fling open the garage door, and inside is the wretched, chain-eating monster, the Africa Twin. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> That's a very uh, real, real to me, at least, story. And for our next 100% true spooky story is Derek. I found this story over the last week. I had to piece it together through various articles and newspaper clippings. It's the story of Timmy, a new rider who thought he knew it all after learning to ride uh, on a Ninja 400. Timmy was in the market for a new motorcycle. He had completed the MSF basic rider course last year to get his license. A few weeks ago, he finished the advanced rider course on his Ninja 400. Timmy felt he was ready for an upgrade. He wanted to get a superbike. Timmy had been looking for months, but now that it was late October and the season was winding down, he knew he could find some good deals. Timmy found a listing for a BMW S1000RR. It was a bit expensive, but he figured he could talk the price down. When he arrived, the seller was unwilling to budge. Timmy said to himself, BMWs are for snobs and jerks anyway. Next, he went to look at a blue GSXR 1000. The price was low, but the bike looked good in the pictures. When he arrived, the Gixxer was not the same motorcycle as in the pictures. The plastics were white, gold, and black, and did not quite fit right. The seller had clearly used cheap aftermarket fairing kit and old photos in their ad. Timmy simply walked away. On his way home, Timmy passed a used motorcycle dealer. He decided to take a look. As he browsed the selection between all the Harley Davidsons, Indians, and Triumphs, he saw a 2017 CBR 1000RR. It was relatively new, 
with about 3,000 miles on it. When he saw the price tag, $14,999, Timmy stormed out. He might as well buy a new CBR at those prices. Timmy got back in his car and started the engine. He heard the soft ding of a text message on his phone. Imagine his surprise when he read the message. I know you want to buy a leader bike. Meet me at the Walmart parking lot in two hours. Bring a trailer. Two hours later, Timmy found himself in a Walmart parking lot looking at an immaculate 2019 Yamaha R1. It was red and black and, all, and had all of the best mods. A power commander, carbon fiber Akropovich shorty exhaust with full pipes, color match shorty folding levers, braided steel brake lines, fresh tires, and a Motonosity brake fluid reservoir cozy. It was perfect. Timmy could not believe his eyes, but the disappointment filled his mind when he realized he could never afford this bike. Timmy told the seller, I can't afford this. The seller replied, yes, yes you can. How much do you want, asked Timmy. I think $9,999 is fair. This guy must be a fucking idiot, thought Timmy. But out loud, he said, how did you know I was looking for a bike? How did you get my number? The, the seller responded, I know some people, but I need this bike gone. Are you in? Yes, said Timmy. Before he knew it, he was backing the trailer up to his garage with a title in hand and 10 grand missing from his pocket. Normally, he would have run a vehicle history and done a test drive. He felt, he felt the bike was calling to him in that Walmart parking lot. That night, he dreamed of riding the R1. It was like flying. He dreamed of riding through desert canyons. And suddenly, the sky grew dark. He looked up to see a full moon. He could see the outline of huge clouds in the distance, the edges flashing periodically with intense lightning. The clouds were coming toward him at a frightening speed. It began to rain rain harder and harder. Soon it started to hail. He lifted his visor to get a better view of the road as the rain and ice streaked down it, obscuring his view. A bolt of lightning struck the road in front of him. Chunks of asphalt flew up into his open helmet. The pain was intense. He put his hands up to his face instinctively. The bike began to speed wobble. Before he could put his hands back on the bars, he sailed over the edge of the road into the nothingness. Tim, Timmy suddenly woke, screaming. His arms hurt where the hail had struck him, and the pillow was covered in blood from his nose. After a few moments, he got his bearings. He was no stranger to nightmares, but had never had a bloody nose in his life. He decided that he could not sleep in a bloody bed. So he got up, tore the sheets off, and threw them in the washing machine. Still stunned by the vid vividness of his dream, he decided to head outside to the garage. As he opened the door, he saw the red glow from where he'd parked the bike. As his eyes adjusted to the darkness, he could see that the light was coming from the headlights of the R1. He had not noticed that the bike had red halo headlights. Timmy felt a strange pang of guilt for not looking the bike over before purchasing it. He found the switch that controlled the lights and turned it off. Timmy had wondered how the lights had been turned on. He yawned and decided that they must have always been on, and he simply didn't notice them in the daytime sun. Normally, he wouldn't go for lights like that, but 
he had to admit to himself. They looked pretty evil. Yawning again, he turned around and went back to bed. The next day, Timmy woke up. He hadn't gotten much sleep. He called his supervisor to let her know that he would not be coming into work today. Nothing had ever gotten done on Fridays anyway. He decided it would be... Uh, he decided he would take his tired ass to the DMV and get his paperwork in order. It took about three hours, but everything went smoothly. He headed home and got ready to take the bike to get inspected. He loaded the bike back onto the trailer and headed to his favorite mechanic shop. It was about 30 minutes away. He'd bought his Ninja 400 there and he trusted the mechanics. After about two hours later, he was back in his garage and unloading the bike. Timmy decided to take his bike out for a quick ride. Nothing too crazy. He was still very tired. Relaxed was the word of the day. The ride was fantastic. The bike felt as if it was tailor-made for him. He was dumbfounded by the ease which, with which he could maneuver the bike. Everything felt perfect. This was his first ride. The roads were empty. It was 3.30 p.m. Rush hour had not yet begun. And he, was all, and he already felt perfectly in tune with the bike. As he approached an empty intersection, the light turned green. A horn blared. Timmy slammed on the brakes and came to a stop inches from getting hit by a massive pickup truck. What the hell are you doing, Timmy yelled. He looked up at the light, expecting to see a green light. It was red. Someone honked at him. Suddenly, he was aware that he was in the middle of a busy intersection. He put the bike in first gear, released the clutch, and got out of the intersection. He pulled over a short distance away. The clock on his bike showed 5.15. That can't be right, he said to himself. He pulled out his phone, and the time said 5.15. Exhausted, but now very awake, he rode home. Tim's exhaustion finally caught up with him when he got home. In a daze, he microwaved a dinner and ate it quickly while looking at the MotoGP free practice times on his phone. He made his way to the bedroom, flopped onto the bed, and immediately fell asleep. Timmy found himself sitting on a bike, braking heavily as he arrived in the paddock. There was a slight mist on his visor. Two team mechanics in helmets with dark-tinted visors grabbed his bike as he came to a stop. He stepped off the bike and realized that the two mechanics' helmets were empty. He frantically stumbled off the bike, away from the two mechanics, and noticed his R1 off to the right, already running. He clambered onto the bike, desperate to escape the two headless mechanics. He dropped it into first gear and took off down pit lane. He entered the track at the beginning of turn one and immediately knew something was wrong. He could feel his rear tire lose grip. The rear of the bike started to swing around on him. He and the bike began to slide, but he felt no pain. Sitting, uh, still sliding on his back, he sat up. The number 93 took up his entire of his vision. Timmy woke up sitting upright in a cold sweat. He felt as if the wind had been knocked out of him, blood dripping from his chin. There was a loud rhythmic noise that he couldn't identify. As he regained his bearings, he realized what it was. Someone was revving the R1 in the garage. He ran downstairs and through the garage door. The room was pitch black, only lit by the red glow of the halo lights exhaust and an intermittent flash from the f of fire from the shorty exhaust. Timmy was frozen with fear. He could not see who was revving the engine. He flipped the light switch. The lights did not come on. Hey, who's there, he yelled, over the sound of the roaring cross-plane inline four. 
He grabbed a shovel he kept next to the door and started to approach the bike, ready to strike. Get off my bike, he yelled. The exhaust was almost too loud to bear and got louder with every step. He doubted whoever was on the bike could hear anything he said. He swung the shovel down over the bike, hoping to strike the intruder. He heard the loud clank of metal on metal. Realizing that there was no one on the bike, he lunged for the kill switch and turned the bike off. The noise stopped. Frantically, Tim ran back to the door, desperate to get his cell phone, the only flashlight he owned. Flicking the light switch as he left the garage, more out of habit than anything else, the lights came on. He stopped, incredulous. He spun around, glancing around the room for the intruder, but no one was there. His eyes were drawn to the massive dent he had made in the tank of the motorcycle. This is just another dream, he said out loud, not really believing his own words. He resolved to just deal with it in the morning. He retreated to the living room, laid on the couch. He glanced at the clock under his TV. It read 4.30 a.m. Timmy had only slept four hours in the last few days. Fuck. Happy Halloween, I guess. He closed his eyes and fell asleep. Timmy woke up, feeling well-rested. The clock under the TV read 5.45 p.m. He decided it was time to take stock of the damage to his motorcycle. He entered the garage. The lights were still on. To his surprise, there was no damage to the bike. Confused and relieved, he decided to head out on his annual Halloween ride. Perplexed, he put his suit up. Confused and relieved, he decided to head out on his annual Halloween ride. Back in the saddle, Timmy found himself in the groove. He felt at home. He had been riding for quite some time. It was getting late, and most of the trick-or-treaters had gone home with their candy hauls. Timmy decided it was time to have some fun on some twisty roads. There were some hills about 10 miles east of the city that he knew, like the back of his hand. It was a state park area, so there were no houses or trick-or-treaters to worry about. Timmy knew it was getting late. He looked down and saw it was just after 10. He had been riding for almost five hours and was still feeling great. He decided to head home, but to take the long way so he could ride on one of his favorite roads, Nine Kill Road. Timmy was in his element. The road followed a small creek in the hills. As he swooped left and right on the tree-lined road, the bike felt more and more powerful, almost like it had become alive. Suddenly, his rear tire broke loose and he started to fall to his left. Timmy had a flashback of the dream he had had the previous night. He tried to relax and let the bike find its grip. Suddenly, the bike st stood bolt upright, sending its rider through the air and into the trees. Timmy felt a sharp pain in his lower back. Barry, barely conscious, he rolled back into the road. He tried to stand up, but was unable to feel his legs. A wave of panic set in as Timmy slowly took stock of his situation. He couldn't move his legs. Frantically, he searched his pocket for his cell phone to no avail. A pair of red halo lights caught his eye. Was the bike still straight up? Er, ah. Was the bike still upright? What the hell? Timmy murmured. The R1 was accelerating toward him. Panicked, Timmy tried to call, crawl out of the way, but the Yamaha had its own plans. Timmy screamed. Oh, ah. Timmy's screams were drowned out by the R1 bouncing off the red line in third gear. There was no escape for Timmy. The Yamaha's front tire plowed a path through his neck, just below the chin strap. They never did find Timmy's head. No one knows what happened to the R1. Some think it moved on to a new victim in a new city. Some believe it returned to hell. But one thing is for certain. On particularly dark nights, 
you can still hear Timmy's screams and the howl of an R1 in the hills of Nine Kill Road to this day. Those stories were all 100% true. 100% true. All facts, no lies. We promise if you look around, you can find more stories exactly like these. For sure. So, so yeah. Let's move on to some other spooky, scary things for this year. Yeah. So, one of the things I like to do every Halloween is I like to go for a Halloween night ride. Uh -huh. Like a like Timmy. Yeah. Um, with a lot less death. And um, one thing, uh, you know, I mean, Halloween night rides are always fun. All the weirdos are out. You, a bunch of people in costumes and all that stuff. Revving your engine, scaring little kids. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So You like to go on a these Halloween rides with the uh, chain-eating monster, right? So, uh, usually. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it ever since I started riding, so. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so um, it's almost like you have your own costume, you know? You're, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. riding a monster. I, uh, I don't usually wear a costume or do anything really special with my getup, mm. although um, I wouldn't be against, yeah. like, you know, uh, putting a skeleton on the front of my bike or... <laughs> on the back of my bike yeah. or something yeah, like that. Just have it as a pillion. Yeah, 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 skeleton pillion. Yeah. Yeah. But I just realized, completely missed opportunity. We could have totally written a story about uh, the Ducati monster. Oh, how did you yeah. miss that? Yeah, I don't know yeah. how I missed that. How did you miss that? I spent three days yeah, writing I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, you spent a few days writing yours, and I, <laughs> I spent only, like two it, days. It was only like 2,300 words. Only, know. only. Yeah. Like <laughs> I but, uh, I haven't I I really enjoyed that so I thank you for yeah. that challenge yeah I I really I, um, enjoyed writing mine as well I yeah. I thought it was really funny um, I'm not gonna lie like I I totally when I was telling other people mm -hmm. you know if you pay really close attention to our upload schedule you're gonna notice something special about our next episode yeah and I was really looking forward to this yeah but um, I haven't been able to, I I haven't written anything really since I took uh, some script writing classes in college, and I really enjoyed that. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. I I thought mine were kind of you know funny, tongue in cheek. Sort yeah. Of like I well, I couldn't help but laugh at a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. They were funny. I mean, they were. They they were they intended were to like be spooky classic. funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're kind of classic. Um. Yeah, they were just that kind of classic, like, kind of a twist on a classic. Yeah. Story and yeah, the, exactly. went in a funny direction. Yeah. 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 I, I just kind of, you know, I thought that there were a lot yeah. of sort of funny things to say about certain bikes, you know, and it was kind of like a, a new sort of twist on the, on that sort of theme. Yeah. yeah. So, so have you ever done a Halloween ride? I, I haven't actually, but I mean, I've also uh, only been riding for, you know, a couple of years. Good so, point. Um, I it, actually haven't really ridden through most halloweens i guess is yeah but i'm not that, that's a really the weird way of saying that but like yeah yeah i've only actually been riding for a couple of halloweens total mm -hmm. so you know and uh, around here it gets pretty cold yeah. around halloween so yeah. um even just being able to ride is not always a guarantee a lot of times yeah. it snows before halloween yeah um yeah so i mean other than dressing warmly for Halloween, at least in our case. Um, 
There are a few things. Which we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. Be sure to listen to that if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know how to ride warm, uh, listen to the last episode. But, um, yeah, so I, Halloween riding on Halloween night is a lot of fun. Um, it's, but there are some extra precautions you need to take. Um, definitely plan to set a relaxed ride. No matter where you are, the chances of children being on the side of the road are yeah. much higher. Um, so keep your wits about you. Yep. Especially I like to go, children that could yeah. be possibly in dark clothing. Yeah. 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 Definitely in dark clothing. Dressed up as like the scream or you know any any of those various just dark cloaks devil yeah exactly undertaker whatever do the scythe um <laughs> the reaper <laughs> there we go, there we uh, go. <laughs> grim reaper that kind of stuff um yeah so uh plan to drive 10 to 15 miles an hour slower everywhere yeah. Um, just because kids are dumb, they run out in the middle yeah. of the street. Although I do see more adults. Like on a daily basis, more adults will run out in front of me. Yeah. Than children. Like anyway. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like today. today. <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's not a bad idea to make sure that you're you're heard, revving your engine and you know making it pop and things like that <laughs> are always fun. No wheelies. Yeah. No wheelies. It's a little hard to see over your handlebars yeah. when you're doing a wheelie. Also, it's probably going to be dark, and that's not a great idea at night anyway. Also, yeah. you're out there to have fun. It's a little bit of people watching, a little bit of having fun, you know. Um, so, you know, you, you don't want to be drawing too much attention, and, you know, you don't want to yeah. hurt anybody. It's, yeah. There's a lot more foot traffic yeah. than there would otherwise be. And obviously, more so than usual, don't drink and ride. Yes. It's very important. I, we know it's Halloween. People like to drink sometimes, especially since this Halloween is on a Saturday. Yeah. So if you ride a motorcycle, don't don't drink and ride. Don't drink and drive, no matter what. Yeah. You also need to have your head on a swivel because Halloween is one of the most frequent drinking and driving nights, especially if you live in a college yep. town. Yep. Um, all the biggest parties of the, you know of the year happen around Halloween. Yeah, exactly. That's when all the fun parties were. <laughs> Not that a whole lot of parties should be going on in they this shouldn't. current climate, but obviously they happen. Yeah. There's nothing that you can do to stop that. And obviously you should make sure that your friends aren't going to be drinking and driving. Yeah. You obviously can't I make do, everyone else. I do else. know of one, already one jello party going on <laughs> on Halloween. Yeah. I will not be attending. Uh, yeah. That's a horrible idea. But, I mean, they happen. The college campuses are full of kids who want to blow off steam. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Be careful. Yeah, be very, very careful. Make sure that your headlights work mm -hmm. very well, that you can, they're all angled and positioned properly because you don't want to outride your headlights and suddenly a child or some someone wearing dark clothing just kind of appears because yeah. that's always how it happens is they just, they just appear show up. Yeah. yeah so please 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 be careful don't don't do anything yeah. that could endanger yourselves or anyone else yeah yeah so yeah go, so go on, have um, fun yeah it's it's a great time to just mosey around in first gear and just watch people and 
this year might be a not great for trick-or-treating let's be honest yeah, yeah. um i haven't seen halloween officially canceled mm-hmm. where we are um i have heard of a lot of places kind of saying try not to do it or something yeah, like that but yeah. you know obviously it's kind of just a tradition and people are going to do it yeah so you know you can you can have fun yeah for sure um if you're here on the east coast there's also mischief night which can also be a fun ride um highly suggest that 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 could be fun um are you aware of mischief night i'm not Really? Yeah, so that's an East Coast tradition. Okay. And I'm not sure if it actually is reached, I'm pretty sure it's reached Western New York, but it's more of a New York City, New Jersey suburb kind of tradition. And uh, it is traditional to for uh, teenagers to go out and maraud covering trees with toilet paper and egging houses and mm-hmm. playing uh, pranks on their neighbors and things like that. Hitting mailboxes with baseball bats. <laughs> All of these great pastimes that East Coast teenagers have come up with. Um, it's, uh, I for one have not taken part in Mischief Night. I've been out with others on Mischief Night. These people probably don't listen to the podcast, but know who they are, like if they do, um, riding around on skateboards and being hooligans on the 30th. <laughs> so um, that's a fun night to be out to because you're bound to see trees covered in toilet paper and kids walking around with egg cartons and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, they're not everywhere, but you may you may catch it. So, um, yeah, although toilet paper is pretty expensive right now so <laughs> yeah toilet paper is a little one of those commodities right now yeah yeah so um but that's that's a fun ride too i mean i don't know i maybe mischief night's not as much of a thing as it used to be when i was a kid i you know i don't know um i don't know i wouldn't know this yeah yeah so yeah but yeah so let's talk a little bit about how now that we're getting into these really really cold winter seasons for what's probably a lot of people that ride what our upload schedule might look like so we do plan on still holding on to our regular every two week schedule yeah but next week we will not next week okay Uh, shortly after moto gp yeah 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 Yeah, Um, there will be a a, a switch up yeah yeah after moto gp our schedule might it's going to shift by one week. Yeah, it's going to shift, yeah. but it won't be in against you. It will it will give you yeah. one extra episode yeah. to listen to our fine voices, but it will just be moved by one week. Yeah. So, so there'll be a, there'll be two weeks with two episodes back to back. Yep. Um. So you know you you get a little more Brian and Derek. Yeah, but yeah. So we we do plan on having continuing our every two week upload schedule. You'll get to hear our beautiful voices every two weeks still. And we'll just, instead of talking about rides that we have been on, we will simply talk about rides that we might have in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll talk some more about things like our Iron Butt and yeah. Coda Trip, something like that. Um, I'd, yeah, uh, I'd like to... Well, 
you know, we'll be able to talk more about our experiences, maybe get a little bit more into motorcycle news, because that's when a, a lot of stuff, when it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere, that's when a lot of the motorcycle news starts coming out. Yeah. yeah. Um, to really start to build bikes, that hype about, you know, yeah. new bikes that are coming out. So people will be kind of like, oh man, you know, when this new bike comes out, I'm going to go ride that. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And so that's when everyone's saving up their money to buy their next bike. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll probably talk a little bit about winterizing your motorcycle, whether mm-hmm. that's something that you do, because not everyone is crazy like us, where we ride in the winter sometimes. You a little bit more so than <laughs> yeah. me. At lunch today, uh, <laughs> we were uh, talking about how we ride in the winter with, with someone who had joined our group uh, relatively recently. And uh, someone said, oh yeah, you just have to put in uh, two rides in... Um, February, or no, uh, uh December, January, February, and March, I think. They yeah, said. January, February, March, yeah. and, and December too, okay. uh, usually. Uh, I think it was something like that. It was like December, January, and February, or, I don't remember. Um, I ride through them all, so I don't really. Yeah. Anyway, and, um, and that's to get, like, the cold club, you know, notoriety. And he's like, oh, I can do that. Two rides? And then someone's like, well, no, every month. Every yeah. one of those months, you need to do two rides. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Screw yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it I gets cold to, here. Yeah, yeah, it gets very, very cold here, which is one of the hardest parts. Yeah. And for you, you'll you'll go down to basically any temperature as long oh. as there's not salt on the ground. Cold is just a number, Brian. <laughs> Age is just a number and prison's just a room, okay? Yeah, yep. But, uh, yeah, so for me, the the coldest I've been down to is really not much lower than 40, maybe, like, mid middle of the high 30s, you know, so, mm-hmm. somewhere around 36 or 37. I haven't been, do, I haven't done anything colder than that, but that's just because generally if it's colder than that, then it means that there's generally salt on the ground yeah. and i don't particularly want to ride if there's salt on the ground just for a multitude of reasons being you know the salt will make your stuff rust and yeah. salt also kind of acts like little pebbles if you're yeah. if you're where we are and they just use giant chunks of salt and they they literally are just gravel in yeah. salt form or salt in gravel form yes <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah, so it's not very frequent that we get days where it is salt-free and also, like, 16 degrees. But when those days do happen, I am out there. Um, the, I mean, the key, like we'd mentioned last week, is definitely um, layering. Yeah. But it's also planning, a little bit planning your route. Mm-hmm. Um the highway at 16 degrees is torture. So yeah. surface streets, keeping it under 40, like yeah. staying in the 30s, heated gear if you can swing it. If not, you know, whatever, short rides. So, you know, if you've got a moderate commute like I do, it's a 15 to 20 minute commute on the highway. That becomes a 30 to 40 minute commute on the back roads. That I can deal with. I can deal with riding at, at those temperatures for 30 to 40 minutes 
with all of my gear on. Yeah. Um, but I definitely, I don't think I could. That's the weird thing is I can definitely do it at 35. I don't think I could ride on the highway at 65 to 70 um, or even 55 with that gear. Just yeah. because it's stripping so much more of that heat away from you. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're stripping yeah. the heat away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all we want to talk about that because otherwise yeah. it's just going to end up being a whole lot of rehashing yeah, from last episode. It really is. It really is. But yeah. So what else do we want to talk about? Um, where are we at? Let's see. We're at 48 minutes. So, okay. Uh, maybe we should have come up with more stuff to talk about. I mean, we, yeah, uh, I, I thought we should have. <laughs> um, I, I didn't realize our stories were going to be that short, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, we could just I, re-record I, them long... and make them, make them longer. Well, if you want to re-record yours, you're welcome to. I'm not re-recording mine. <laughs> no, yours is long enough. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, there's nothing else I really want to talk about. We can just edit early. It can be a short episode. Um. Well, let's let's do like a, a quick update on Long Way Up. You're not up to date on Long Way Up. Close enough. And we're back. We just watched the rest of Long Way Up. Yeah, we up watched until, that. up until where we're at now. Yeah, we're we're current. Um. So, Peru. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, Machu Picchu. Not much riding in that episode. Yeah. But Machu Picchu was gorgeous they they got there at a very very lucky time you know the clouds were in a very perfect position they got great shots of everything and it is beautiful you know it's green it's low clouds and yeah yeah it's just beautiful beautiful makes me really want to go look yeah um so after machu Picchu and peru they got into ecuador yeah yeah i believe Oh no, Colombia. Uh, Ecuador, then Colombia. I can't remember right now, but uh, I think so. <laughs> I think we should check a map before we keep talking. Otherwise, we're gonna look like idiots. I mean, I'm sure that we look like idiots anyway. <laughs> they can't really. I mean, they haven't been able to see us, <laughs> so it's okay. We're, we're they don't know what we look we're, like. We're yeah. Americans. We. No, they know what you look like. They know what I look like. I'm just it's kidding. on the Instagram. I know. I'm kidding. Follow us at Crossed Up Podcast. Ecuador. Okay. And then Colombia. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... So, yeah. So, they, they rode through Ecuador and then yep. Colombia, and they're hitting a whole lot of rain right now. Yeah, they're hitting a ton of rain. It's really fucking scary. I don't think... They, they just entered Colombia, um, so they could take a flight out to Peru. Uh, I'm sorry, um, flight out to Panama. Uh, the big issue at this point is that Ewan McGregor's bike just broke. And Harley said, so that range extending software that we set up for you guys, um, broke the bike. Yeah. And the bikes have a huge long list of error codes. And then they say, well, we have two options. We can send you another bike or we can send you another battery. And reading between the lines, 
that sounds like they broke a battery. Like, their Maybe. software damaged the battery beyond yeah. repair. Probably... The range extending software, maybe that maybe that let them get lower on the charge than they should, yeah. or <clears throat> did something where they were discharging cells at different rates and charging cells at different rates. Yeah, and then now the batteries are just borked. <laughs> yeah, and now it, it, Ewan's battery is borked, which doesn't sound good for Charlie's battery. So yeah. th- preceding this, they were riding in the rain, um, very cold, rainy night. And Ewan McGregor's battery suddenly like dropped yeah. down to like 67. And as we um, talked about, lithium batteries do terrible when it's cold. Yeah. So we're assuming, because they had talked a little bit about complaining about it being a little bit cold, they were assuming that it probably got a little bit chilly and then okay. the batteries ran into issues from cooling down again. So like we mentioned earlier, when they were doing all that riding in that cold weather, they probably did a lot of permanent damage to those cells. Yeah. So now this is just kind of that manifestation of our... Of what uh, we had talked about. Yeah, of what we had talked about, where there's damage to those batteries. Almost guarantee it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Riding those those bikes at the temperatures that they were riding at the beginning definitely damaged the batteries. Um, Yeah. Whether or not... Um, so, so my guess is that range extending software they gave them might have had to do with the cold temperatures that they're riding in anyway, where they were only getting, you know, 80 miles out of a charge. Yeah. And I imagine Harley may have said, oh, well, we can kind of fix that by using a software tweak. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah. I don't know if this was a, a tweak from the beginning but it's because that the, the the mileage their published range in the show lines up with the published range of the live wire. Yeah. I think it was a tweak they made because of the cold weather. And I think that uh they're paying the price. Yeah. For using those batteries at cold times. Yeah. Yeah. It my my guess is that like you said they the live wire probably has its own built-in buffer because mm-hmm. generally that's kind of what companies are doing these days is they don't allow the user to access the top 10% and the bottom 10%. Yeah. So there's about 20% of the battery that you just can't use in order to protect the longevity of the bike. Yeah. And so they probably just kind of tweaked that and said, okay, well, we'll let you use the actual 100% and let the battery discharge down to maybe like 5%. Yeah. These are these are just hypothetical numbers. No, n- nothing. It could be you know twenty and ten for all we know, yeah. right? Yeah. But either way, that causes permanent damage to batteries, and this is all just speculation. But I think that's probably what happened. Is just they they just kind of allowed them to access more of the battery, which causes you to have more problems later on down the road, which mm-hmm. we see now. Um, they also talked about having to continuously tow charge the Rivians at one point. Yeah. Um, that was something that uh, Russ had talked about uh, in in one of the voiceovers. That um, to be able to make it, they were gonna have to tow the tow charge the cars a few times in order to make it to uh, Columbia. And uh, that was interesting. Um, 
they must not be able to. We we know that Rivian's charge points that they called fast charge We're not. are not fast charge yeah, points. They're level one charge. They're level one. Yeah. Um, those trucks. I mean, I know how long it takes it to charge a Tesla on level one. Uh, yeah, it like take like a whole day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, if it can take several days to get that 300 miles back into your car, Jeez. plugged into normal household yeah. outlet. Um, yeah. So, I I don't understand if they're doing 300 mile days every day. There's no way that those trucks can do that on residential or level one charging. Yeah. They may have had a couple level two charging points when they're in the cities. I doubt it. Yeah. And then um, they started using the trucks to charge the bikes because they said, oh, Rivian found this way for us to oh, charge yeah. our bikes off of the trucks. Yeah. But that means that you're getting even worse out of the trucks. Yeah. So yeah. I really want to know what they're doing to have the trucks be able to hold this much charge. Yeah. Like to, to have enough charge every time that they need to go. Yeah, I, I, I think they're just tow charging the trucks. Um, I'm waiting for the point where they tow charge both trucks. They just like... Yeah, <laughs> they just make a little they, train. Yeah, they just make a train, like one person to tow both trucks. Yeah. And then just they're like, yeah, we got there. Yay, we're in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just like... They bit off, technologically, they bit off more than they could chew. Yeah. Guaranteed, like 100%. 100%. Um, I also, I'm not sure. Adventure is about adversity to a certain degree. That's what makes it. The running into issues is part of what makes the challenge challenging. But are, are these the kind of challenges that you want to face? Yeah. I'm obviously for them. Yes, yeah. is right now, but um, the it is really like the question of is it more worth it to you right now to do this trip with your carbon mitigation? Yeah. Instead of kind of what you did before, where you were using GSs and just getting gas. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, what's you know? Yeah, I mean, if they'd gone with the GSs, they could have been like, or 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 something else, Africa Twins. Um, <laughs> they could have said this is a carbon negative trip and still gone to all of these places and, you know, visited all of, you know, uh, they visited tree farms, they visited actual farms, they visit all these rainforests and forests that are getting cut down and all these things along the way. And it's really, you know, the whole point of the trip is to be green but there are other ways. I mean, you can do that by just showcasing these things and donating money, yeah. buying carbon offset, and calling it a carbon negative trip. <laughs> I like the idea and I understand the concept of wanting to do it all electric, but it's not super feasible and i feel like it's actually impacted their ability to film the trip yeah if you watch this tr this this show 
compared to Long Way Round and Long Way Down, where much more of the episodes are dedicated to riding and the experiences on the motorcycles. This episode, or this season, is much more focused on the internal drama, the drama of using electric bikes, which shouldn't be the whole point. Like, there just were almost no issues with the BMWs. Like, their tail frames broke because they had too much weight on them. Yeah. But in both cases, it wasn't like they took up the majority of every episode. Yeah. They... Or it was... It wasn't like, oh, oh no, uh, the tail frames on the GS broke. We can't go anywhere for the next however many hours while we try to get this sorted. You know, it was, oh, we just have... We can ride... We just probably should be really careful, and we're going to find a place yeah. to weld it. And then that welder doesn't properly ground the bike and shorts out your ABS system. <laughs> <laughs> or overvolts over your ABS system. Then you have to buy Claudio a new bike. But, um, you know, that that's, I mean, that's a very short, that's not long, drawn out. Yeah. My battery keeps dying. Like, yeah. it, it's just constant. And it's... Um, it takes yeah. away from the adventure yeah, a little exactly. bit. And also they're they're going through these interesting places, but I, I feel like they're meeting less people in this yeah. trip. Yeah. I don't know. Because in the other two trips, it felt like they were very far from civilization all the time. Mm-hmm. And in this one, because they're required to get... Um, electricity they're required to follow roads yeah exactly i mean in the beginning there were some places that generated their electricity and stuff but none they none of them could charge from those locations yeah so now they're stuck being in cities and the cities are just cities yeah they're not interesting individuals they're not people sub living off the land it's not foreign it, you, know, you know what I mean? It's not... Uh, I mean, it is... Obviously, it's foreign. But it's not... Um, it's not the same level of foreign as, like, when they were in Russia. Yeah, it's and, not conceptually foreign. Yeah. It's... These people are just living the way I do in a different country. Yeah. Very similar to the way I do in a different country. It's not like... This person has never seen a motorcycle before, and he's, like, clearly freaked out, like, (laughs) culture shock and, like, interesting things like that. Like, sharing snuff with random people who just, you know, helped you pull your bike out of the mud in the middle of Mongolia. Like, it's, like, oh, this girl is, like, this girl is clearly wearing a t-shirt from, like, Old Navy. Like, weird, (laughs) like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what I thought was really funny was... Sorry. What I thought was really funny was when they... Well, we both thought it was pretty funny. When he goes, Okay, I'm going to ride on Claudio's bike, and Claudio's going to ride on the back. Oh, yeah. And then he goes to pull it out of this sort of little... Like parking garage. Yeah, little, little parking garage. There was a parking garage that they basically, like... Set up, over. Yeah, set up camping <laughs> to call Harley and talk, like yeah. try to figure out their battery issue. And so then they get on Claudio's bike and 
he, he goes, okay, and we're off, and then just stalls it right there because he's so <laughs> not used to the clutch right now. He's no idea how to ride a manual bike for like a split second. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had a good chuckle at that, but it reminded me of when you and I swapped bikes on our ride back from Niagara, and... I may have done the exact same thing. Yeah, we may have done basically exactly the same thing where you go, oh, whoops. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not. I, that's why I laughed because I identified with you and exactly. Uh, I'm not <laughs> that's why I laughed. To, yeah, <laughs> I'm not used to shifting anymore with my left hand, and uh, yeah, I just stalled it. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. So, oh, that's something we forgot we could talk about. Is uh, oh, yeah. last we, week's we wrote, trip to, we wrote to Niagara. Niagara Falls. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Boom, there you go. You're filming. Yeah. yeah, we went to Niagara Falls. Uh, it was fun. On the way back, I rode Brian's bike, and he rode mine. Um, My bike is faster. Yeah, his bike a is, lot. is faster. Yeah, yeah. But, um... <laughs> Not really by a lot, but... It was, it was definitely faster. Um, and... I mean, I enjoyed it. I, it reminded me I want to get a, a sport bike. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and it kind of also opened your mind to my complaints with the seat because the seat is... There's something weird about it. It's not terrible, but it's really not great. The edges are hard. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's really just that the edge where it goes from flat to rounding rounding over is just too stiff and then it kind of gives you a little pressure point as as you ride and because your legs just kind of hang down there mm -hmm. so it just kind of turns into a pressure point and slowly builds up over time and just it's a little annoying but yeah it's fine it's fine yeah. i mean i enjoyed it i took a few turns at, at decent speeds and really hi maggie really enjoyed it um, what do you think of the twin? Oh, it's awful. Terrible bike. Do not buy an Africa twin, guys. Cannot talk about... No, it was, it was really a very interesting feeling. And, you know, when we, when we took off, we talked about, oh, you know, there's drive and there's sport mode, right? And I said, oh, I'm probably not going to take it, put it in a sport mode because I figured that drive would probably be fairly sporty and then sport would be kind of almost like a race mode but the drive mode is actually really really tame it's it shifts super early i yeah i remarked shifts. yeah i remarked yeah. as i was riding it that if you just put it in drive it shifts at like two and a half thousand mm -hmm. something like that and you it's kind of a weird feeling because then you just kind of <laughs> Then you just kind of roll onto the throttle, and it's like, eh, I don't really want to go, you know? But then you put it in sport mode, and I does it stiffen up the suspension to put it in sport mode? I don't no. think it's active suspension, It has right? no active suspension, um, because even if it did, the, cost, the most time you cost some suspension, it takes it out. But, okay. Um, but yeah, so put it in sport mode, and it felt like a very different bike. It was much, much peppier, yeah. and very very smooth very quick it it's super weird though to just roll onto the throttle and it just, and it just goes, goes. Does it. Yeah. yeah yeah no clutching no fuss no nothing and 
I think that did you is... ever find yourself reaching for the clutch when you're coming I to did, red lights? I did a couple of times. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh wait, no, there's no clutch. <laughs> That's where the, so there's a parking brake there, and yeah. they they made it come way out yeah. from your hand so that you don't grab the parking brake yeah. as you're getting used to the bike. Yeah. Um. That that is the weirdest thing. Is yeah. like because you're coming up to red light. And you find yourself just like grasping for nothing with your left hand. Yeah, it's yeah, it's super weird. And I also talked about how the DCT is kind of a little bit interesting when you're trying to come to a stop. I think that the bike is a little bit tall for me. I mm -hmm. don't know that I would be super comfortable for a while if I bought one. Yeah. Because where on my bike I can just put a foot down. On yours, I have to very deliberately scoot forward on the seat and, you know, slightly turn my body to get my left foot down onto the ground. Oh, okay. A lot it's... of people just lean the bike. Okay. Like, they'll just let the bike lean over a little bit. Okay. Yes. But, I don't know, maybe it's just habit for me to keep mm -hmm. the bike pretty upright when I do, when I come to a stop. But the other thing is that it, it's almost like it doesn't want to stop. So, yeah. 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 So you have to kind of... Where where because you can't just put it in neutral like yeah. you can't put the bike in neutral unless it's at a stop yeah um and it because it's an automatic it doesn't want to stop unless you're yeah. holding the brake yeah and then after after the bike has fully come to a stop then you can let go of the you can let go of the brake and it'll just sit there yeah but yeah. you have to brake fully to a stop you yeah. can't brake most of the way. And then just kind of glide to a stop. Yeah. Even no yeah. matter how little of a glide it is, it was. Yeah. If you're going like one mile an hour, it'll accelerate up to like five. Yeah. As long as long as you start moving, it will. Yeah. Continue. Moving. And that was just super weird. Mm -hmm. But, eh, I mean, it's it's alright. It's yeah. just you know it, it was kind of a take some adjustment. Yeah. It just sort of one of those things that if you if you bought one, you would just have to kind of adjust to it a little. Yeah. But overall, I I think it's a pretty good bike. Still not, still not completely convinced that I would go out and buy one if I had the money. Purely from just the bike being a little tall, I'm sure yeah. that that sort of thing could be adjusted around a little. But, um, yeah, it's it just seems like a really really tall bike because yeah. you when you sit, you're taller than I mean I'm not even that much lower than you on my bike, but when you sit, you're you're higher than basically every car yeah you can see you can a you're, couple I, feet above. like you can see over some most pickup trucks like yeah. unless the unless they're like the really big ones are lifted yeah. and then when I, when i stand on the bike i'm at eye level with semi truck drivers like yeah. i can make <laughs> eye contact as i'm standing up passing semi trucks yeah yeah, yeah. so it's just it's, super weird to me yeah because when i when i stand i'm basically my upper body is at about a 45 degree angle mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas you when you stand you can stand straight up yeah, yeah so yeah and uh it it's weird it was it was really weird at first but i've come to really love that because when traffic gets weird like something's going on or you know i need to see over a car or through through an suv or something like that i can just stand up really easily look over everything, get an idea of what's going on, you know, um, the, the taller bikes are definitely, um, it's a nice, it's a nice feature yeah. once you get used to it. Yeah. 
And the other thing I noticed is that it's super, super stable at low speeds. We oh, talked yeah. about this a little bit, but you know, the even though it is quite a tall bike and is therefore a little bit top heavy, it's just so balanced and so stable at those low speeds that I often found myself just kind of not even really wanting to stop as we yeah. were coming up to a red light or something. It, it felt like the bike could super easily just kind of chill at one mile an hour, two miles an hour, yeah. just kind of roll itself and you, and it would just balance perfectly, which For is... For sure. But, yeah. but I, I mean, that's a nice feature of the Africa Twin, but almost any bike with a 21 inch front front tire will have that same gyroscopic okay. effect yeah so i mean that's not unique is basically what i'm yeah. saying it's not yeah. unique but i mean this is also my first time mm -hmm. it was also my first time being on anything with a 21 inch yeah. run where i i've always been on 16 and 17s yeah yeah so it's uh, um, interesting yeah so i one of my favorite things about the vfr and it, it really reminded me a lot of riding the sport bikes that i used to own yeah being in like full tuck, having my arms kind of in, having the, the rake of the handlebars coming back, and uh, having, because you know, when, on the Africa Twin, the handlebars are like shoulder width, right? Yeah. So you're just kind of like. Ape hangers. Ape, yeah, not, they're not ape not, hangers, not ape but hangers. They're, you have a, a, a nice wide stance. Yeah. And then on the VFR, it's a good foot less total bar yeah. length and uh and then they you know they angle back a little bit it was a really nice tucked in feeling and the being a smaller front tire it, it, on the average twin the, the the front tire being so big uh causes a lot of authority over the lean of the bike at high speeds but it's also much heavier yeah turning which yeah. you get, I mean, I get you, I got used to. I think most people could get used to that. Yeah. But on the smaller tires, I was able to get the lean angles with much less force and input. Yeah. And I kind of forgot that a little bit and found myself leaning in too hard and then having to lean out a little bit and then back in corners. Yeah. Um, not too much, a couple degrees, but it was still like. There was some inaccuracy there because I was used to putting in way more force yeah. for a particular turn. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's, I mean, that's almost every bike, you know, like. Yeah. And that's just yeah. the sort of thing that you would have to get used to. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing about the difference between 17 inch wheels and 19 inch wheels is that uh, moment of inertia. Yeah. Because bigger, bigger wheels is more moment of inertia, which means you have both that higher gyroscopic effect and also takes longer to kind of get it to do what you want it to do yeah so it's just sort of how it how it reacts but yeah so i yeah. i think that overall i think both of our bikes are pretty great yeah i mean i enjoy riding every bike <laughs> exactly right? you know so um i every bike has its uh benefits and you know there are pros and cons to every bike except for the Africa twin which only has pros and um sure sure yeah, it only has pros. Uh, yeah, so I think we're going to end here. Um, I hope you enjoyed our conversations today and the spooky stories. A little bit of uh, long way up spoilers. And uh, we uh, will see you next week. Ne yeah, next week. 
So make sure that you stay safe out there. Yeah, especially don't, if you're going to ride on Halloween. Yeah. Stay safe. Don't eat any razors in your candy. Yeah. Even though that never happens and everyone always talks There's about that. There's no reported incidents yeah. of anyone ever putting razor blade in a candy bar. Yeah. Or but drugs. They, or tires. People, well, yeah, I... People don't just hand out drugs for free, all right? Like, that doesn't happen. I've got a story about a bass nectar concert. <laughs> Anyways. Two, two stories about two different bass nectar concerts, actually. <laughs> Anyways, before this goes off the rails... They were Halloween. Well, anyway, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> off the rails. Sorry. Uh, another night. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Crossed Up Podcast. Remember, you can find us anywhere that podcasts are normally found such as spotify apple podcast and amazon we also have an instagram at post oh at at, at pasta podcast apparently um crossed at, up podcast yeah at, yeah at crossed up podcast be sure to like all of our photos and follow or just follow like all of our photos you creeps <laughs> And thank you for listening to this very special spooky episode of Crossed Up Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Derek. And we'll see you next week. Next week? Or two weeks. Well, I mean, I thought we said next week because we're moving our schedule, right? That's not next week, though. That's well, after you said ne- You said next week. I said like, after MotoGP is okay, over. Okay, but, but like 30 seconds ago, you said we'll see you next week. Oh. Do we have to redo all of I guess so. <laughs>